It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anzo, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hi, Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in and joining us here on the show. Uh, you can always do so in various different ways on 106.9 on your FM dial, 1390 on the AM. Stream us on our website, 1069thefan.com, or download the free 1069thefan mobile app. Hey, great, I've, got, I've got that on my phone. Great ways to listen to the show or other <laughs> shows that are on this station. Uh, podcasts of past episodes, past interviews that we've done. You can all find it there. Great way to, to get caught up and to get ready for, especially for Utah State football season, which is about a week and a half away, which is exciting. August 27th, 2 o'clock kickoff. Make your plans now on a Saturday afternoon. Got to gotta clear off all that uh, oh, what was ditch the, burning, all that get, ditch burning you got planned. Cross the, that off. Move it to... Back Some to school, shopping should yeah. be done. Do your work in the morning or do it after the game. Apparently everyone's busy at 2 p.m., which I guess Saturday is a day. It's the special day. It's the day you get ready for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> we just went there. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Uh, coming up uh, this hour, we'll hear from Logan Bonner, his thoughts about this Utah State football team, how things went in scrimmages when he didn't see a lot of time. So I asked him why that was. Interesting to hear his, his feedback on that. Um, I also spoke to uh, MJ Tafisi, linebacker for Utah State, a transfer coming from Washington, why he chose to come here, and uh, how things are different here compared to when he was at Washington. Interesting to hear what he had to say there. Um, but uh, we'll also get to the, the, the player of the week, somebody who really stood out to us in what they did this past week. So, uh, And a little bit of Utah Jazz news as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we do have a texture on the text line, 5338. Uh, he's chiming in with his own stat that blew his mind. I uh, said, Baltimore Ravens have won 21 consecutive preseason games. And I'll be honest, that blows my mind too. Like, preseason, just there, there's some people that just don't care if they win or lose, like coaches included. They're not caring if they win or lose. So they're, you know, throwing guys out there. It was kind of like Stu Morrill in a sense, you know, with the exhibition games they would do. He didn't care if they won or lost. He did what he wanted to do, and I think he lost a couple of exhibition games in his time here. You know, losing to, you know, random Division Seven school from, you know, northwestern Florida. Or those uh, those teams who were comprised of former players, like the EA Sports or whatever, yeah. traveling exhibition teams. Yeah, but it's like, he's doing what he wants. So yeah, okay, the scoreboard maybe says the Aggies lost, but he got done what he wanted to. He faced the kinds of defenses he wanted to face. And so it doesn't matter. But the Ravens winning every single time when potentially having this attitude, maybe they don't have the attitude. Maybe that's why they win. Right. But. And it's an interesting philosophy. Like, we we want to win games. That's who we are. Yeah. 
Doesn't matter the situation, the scenario, what counts or what doesn't. We want to have a culture of winning. Yeah, and it's a good, good culture to have with your team. Um, but the second part of this text is five three three eight asks who's going to return kickoffs and punts for the Aggies this year. And I believe I have the answer. I'm, I'm actually not 100 sure on punts, but. At the first scrimmage, I was talking with Jacob Nielsen, and he ended up just asking one of the players because he has a good relationship with a lot of these guys. But they said that Johnny Carter was one of them, and I believe Terrell Vaughn's. Yes. And then at the scrimmage, um, it's hard to tell because they sent out multiple you know, teams, but I believe the one that was the first team, it was Carter and Vaughn's were out there. There was another one that had Cooper Jones, but they were wearing the yellow pennies, and I'm pretty sure that was the scout team. Yes. So I believe the two main guys, I don't know who's maybe the main guy. Because, you know, Savon Scarver and Devin Tompkins were out there for kickoffs last year. Usually your main guy is going to be to the side you think the kicker's going to kick it. Because usually they'll have a side that they're better at kicking to. Um, and you just scout that out, put your guy there, and hope he kicks it to you. All right. The second one's kind of your up man to yeah. lead block. But of, but, of course, most kickers are good enough to kick both ways, and that's why last year they kicked away from Scarver. So it didn't matter which side they put them on. Division One kickers aren't completely dominant to one side. They can kick it multiple ways. Yeah, but it, it, uh, Terrell Vaughn and, um, and uh, Johnny Carter were back there on, on kickoffs, on punts. I want to say it's Vaughn, but I think I've also seen Kyle Van Leeuwen's name. Yeah, Kyle included. Van Leeuwen did. Um, but I on know one of them. I know Cooper Jones is also. He was just again. He was wearing a yellow penny. Um, and they didn't do really punts in the first scrimmage because they couldn't really. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, they were indoor. You can't practice that. Stuff. Um, but I don't really remember the punts. Do they even have a punt part of the, the second scrimmage? If they did, it was. V- it was brief, and I wasn't paying attention. Brief. Yeah. So I, I, like I said, I don't know for sure. Who's on punts? But I'm pretty dang sure on kickoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. And so I'm just looking over the stats here real quick. If they it was on there, the, the official stats that they sent out, I don't think they included no, they didn't. That. They didn't put kick return stats on them that I noticed. No, they had offensive stats and they had a section for defensive stats. Which for some reason they format those differently. Yeah, not no, 100 sure why. Nothing on here about punt returns or kickoff returns, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Terrell Vaughn and um, and uh, Johnny Carter who were back there. Yeah, that's who was seen to be on the first team kickoff return team. Yes. Yeah. Punts. I think it was Kyle. Yes, yeah, I've I've just seen Kyle's name out there. That's all I can tell you. I've not seen him they did as do part a lot of the official punt drills return. on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> Let's find out about the, the, the team so far. Let's talk about the scrimmage, right? Uh, Logan Bonner, I caught up with him today after practice and got a sense for why he's only seeing limited time in these scrimmages and how he feels about the team moving forward and getting ready for the start of the football season. Here he is, Logan Bonner, quarterback uh, number one. That's uh, what it says on his jersey. He's the starting quarterback, and this is what he has to say about his team coming into this season. Logan Bonner coming into this season as quarterback number one. Is this when's the last time you came into a season as the designated quarterback without some controversy or battle going into the season? Uh, 2019. 2019 is my first year starting. Uh, I ended up playing four games and I broke my hand, so I was out for the year. So 
uh, and then 2020, and then uh, 2021 was I got hurt in the spring and then couldn't compete for it, and then uh, it was a competition all camp. So 2019 and 2020. Okay. Last year, where there was a little bit of some uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peasley was back. You were new. Mm-hmm. This year's different, um, but there's really good quarterbacks in that room. Um, how is I mean, this, the quarterback position and how you guys are, are coming into the season maybe a little more prepared, mm-hmm. under more time in the system, more familiarity with the coaches and everything else like that? How are you feeling just and, and the quarterbacks overall coming into the season? I mean, I feel great. I've, uh, I've obviously set out the spring for some injuries and stuff like that, but I'm ready to roll now. Um, use that time to rehab and get ready for this year and my last year. So I think the guys are doing really well. They're getting uh, really good play from all the guys, even the young guys, and I think they're really pushing me every day. So I think it, overall as a group, it makes the team better. How is your health? Limited s- snaps in uh, in both scrimmages? Is that just to give other guys opportunities or just making sure we're cautious with your, your rehab? No, uh, it's as you can see, like when I got out, the the starters kind of got taken out too. So it was just kind of limited reps for everybody. Um, so it wasn't anything to do with my health or anything like that. I'm ready to roll. I'm healthy as um, I can be right now. So I'm ready to roll and get the season started. Coach Anderson, after the scrimmage, said that you know he was a little frustrated, maybe a little disappointed. <laughs> Granted, I understand this time of year and some of these scrimmages, the defense is normally ahead of the offense. Mm-hmm. But... Um, not seeing things click like he'd like and he's an offensive minded guy mm-hmm. but how do you feel about how things are coming along as an offensive unit here and there you look back at the film here and there there's a couple of plays where if we we catch him protection one time it's a touchdown if we don't let this guy slip we're breaking for 60 um we just have little things to work on um if you look back to last year's last scrimmage it kind of looked the same way so we cleaned it up and uh, got things rolling for the season so nobody's panicked we're i think we're really confident in what we can do and then you just got to clean up the little things i know some of the offensive line wasn't there starting offensive line um that's been one of coach anderson's concerns coming into the year making sure there's experience and depth that position how do you feel about how that's coming along you're right behind them yeah i think we have tremendous depth uh, i know a lot of guys in playing the scrimmage but uh they'll be ready to roll for the season i think that the depth was a big concern for us in a lot of areas on defense and offense i think we've done a really good job of adding to that and i think the guys are really showing that we can play with uh, multiple guys great wide receiver core last year that exceeded a lot of expectations some of those guys are gone you do have some guys back but there's some newcomers too mm-hmm. how are you feeling about the guys that you're throwing to i feel great uh, i think that we're a little ahead in the offense than we were this time last year i think the guys that were here last year are really showing the, the younger guys and the new guys what what to do and how to do it and i think that we can be really explosive i'm really excited for the season to start just a couple practices left in quote-unquote fall camp mm-hmm. and then it's UConn yeah. prep I mean that's about a week and a half away to game one I mean yeah. you guys you feel ready you excited about that we still got some things to work on and stuff like that but we'll be ready when the ball drops on on Saturday at 2 p.m. awesome well Logan thanks so much we look yeah. forward to seeing you guys on the field appreciate it thank you there you go Logan Bonner he's excited he's ready to go he's a confident guy as as he should be he's earned that confidence and that um, you know, with the success that he had last year, overcame injury, get knocked around all over the place, still was able to get stand back up and compete. And uh, like this, some people may get a little bit, uh, I don't know if the right word is skittish, a little bit concerned when you hear things from Coach Anderson, maybe some things you heard there from 
from Logan that things aren't quite clicking like they want to. But he also says we're ahead of where we were a year ago for certain things too. So these are just competitive guys who have high expectations of themselves and those are around. Uh, I'm not really that worried just yet uh, about Utah State offensively. Of course, if we see how things, if they don't go well against UConn, we may have some things to be worried about. But um, I, I'm I'm excited for this team coming into this year with a returning head coach, returning offensive coordinator, returning uh, starting quarterback, starting running back. You know, the a lot of key positions are back for Utah State after what was a magical season a year ago. Yeah, and I you talk about this him. You know, saying we're not where we want to be. The, these are guys who have, after wins, said we didn't perform as well as we wanted to. So you got to, you know, that's the standard we're working with here. This is how they talk about themselves is if they're not perfect, they're criticizing themselves. So it is something to calm down a little bit. And you know, I mentioned that in, in my scrimmage recap where I said, look, this team, kind of basically what you just said, they're bringing back most everybody. So unless, like, all the receivers are incompetent, they're too – Fillins at offensive line are completely incompetent. This team's at least going to be good. So, you know, we need to understand this team returns most of its guys on offense, returns a lot of talent, and brings in a lot of talent on defense. We can expect them to be good. Will they be Mountain West championship worthy? That ceiling depends on the star power of the receivers. And that's something we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, another thing, you mentioned Logan Bonner's confidence. And it served him well because this is a guy who didn't really get to play much until his third year at Arkansas State, um, or maybe fourth year with redshirting and whatnot. Then he gets injured four games in. Guy comes in, fills in for him the rest of the year. He played well. In 2020, he had to split time with that guy. Now, Bonner threw more passes and may have been the designated like starter, but it was in a lot of ways like last year where he was the starter with Peasley coming in every other series. Where, like, all throughout the season, uh, was uh, Lane Hatcher was the guy that Bonner was splitting time with. Hatcher threw at least 10 passes in every game except one. In a lot of cases, he was throwing 20 passes, while Bonner was also throwing a lot of passes. So he had to have the confidence to get through an injury, splitting time with the quarterback, splitting time again with the quarterback here at Utah State, until finally, you know, this is the first time since 2019 where he's been the starter, and it could be his first full year as just the starter that he'll have in his college career. Because last time you know he had this, he got injured four games in. Right, without – controversy is not the right word, but competition or splitting time. And I don't know that he – if I fully asked that question properly or he fully understood what I was trying to ask. But um, this, this is the first time in a long time for him coming into the season where – He's the guy. Unquestionably, he's going to be the guy moving forward. Yeah, and it, it, it's been a little bit of time since that's happened for him. Um, now he may view that a little bit differently than than we do on the outside. Yeah, but uh, it's no question that that there's there's really no cloud of of question or concern or debate around the quarterback position coming into this season for Utah State. He absolutely earned that right last year, and. He is quarterback number one uh, coming into the start of the season. Yeah, and he is like the one unquestioned star of the team. You look at all these top 50, top 25, you know, all these different things we, we have. 
there's a debate among people outside of Utah State how many Utah State players even deserve to have consideration as being potential stars or really good players. Logan Bonner is the only one who is really an exception to that, where everyone accepts, yeah, Logan Bonner is the guy. Everyone else is like, well, I guess they're okay. But people accept that Logan Bonner is a good quarterback. Very true. Uh, getting back to our full-court press text line, uh, and uh, again, if you have questions about or reactions to uh, what we heard from the players, we'll hear from MJ Tafisi coming up. Uh, but 9315, I know this is, I cliche. think he needs to say cliche, yeah. but do you think Logan will be running for his life in any game this year? Alabama? In, in any game this year? Then the answer is yes, In because Alabama is on the schedule. Yeah. Um, in a lot of games this year, hopefully not. Um, I, I think that there's – I. It's, I know there's some questions about some of the depth at the offensive line, but I actually have more confidence in the offensive line going into this season than I did last year. I think that um, I think that he should be able to stand in that pocket a little bit more comfortably this year than he did a year ago. Yeah, we'll see. It does depend on that interior offensive line, how well uh, Lapuaho and uh, Meacham do. If they can fill in, be good pass protectors, and not get bull rushed by you know opposing defensive tackles, and then you know that collapses the pocket from the inside, and then it makes them sprint to either side, which ruins plays because then you're cutting the field in half, perhaps in a way that you don't want to. So we'll see. Um, I think South and Edwards will do just fine. They're both good pass blockers, so they'll do okay from the outside. It is that interior defensive line that. You know, if they get pushed into Bonner's lap, then that causes him to run, you know, oftentimes more so than the edge rushers. Because with the edge rushers, you step up maybe a little bit or you just don't see him coming and get flattened. Right. And, and I would hope that Logan himself makes uh, a progression as a player on recognizing when to just throw the ball away. A few too many times last year, he held on to it a little too long, and that's why he was getting rolled over. Um, now, I, I get it. He's trying to hold on to make the best play of, uh, possible. And he made some great plays because of that. But he also needs to recognize and feel when that pressure's there and when to protect himself to play longer, he needs to just throw the ball away. He's got that gunslinger, you know, Brett Favre, the I'm not throwing this ball away. I'm going to throw it where I'm going to throw it. If I get laid out, whatever. Yes. Just going to do that. You know, last year it took three quarterbacks for Utah State to have the season that they had. Hopefully Utah State doesn't need three quarterbacks this year to do the same. But if they do, I have confidence in the other guys to be able to be competitive. Can they win a game? Uh, that's still to be determined. Yeah, it'll be interesting because the positive is that, you know, if they go from Bonner to one of their backups to Lagar Williams, while certainly they go down in terms of passing ability, um, they will be able to add a wrinkle to their offense that could make up for that in that both of them are runners. And they are prepared. True. They have plays in their playbook that take advantage of their running quarterbacks. So, you know, again, they'll, they'll lose some with Bonner, his leadership and passing ability, but they'll gain a new wrinkle. And maybe if it's a game where Bonner's just out for, kind of like with the Oregon State game in a way where it's just the one game. I know if it had gone on, then they would have missed him more. But they were able to kind of cheese out a win where, Cooper only, think, completed like half of his passes. 
but they were able to work it out with the run game with some other things. And they could do that, you know, if Bonner bruises a rib or something like that, you know, maybe rolls an ankle a little bit, twists a knee, they can get a few wins, maybe not so much with passing prowess from Lagar Williams, but they got a better running that other teams may not be ready for. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. You're totally right. It's a, they present different wrinkles that uh, a defense now has to think of different ways of uh, defending the quarterback. Yeah, and it, and it happens. It's happened to Utah State, actually. I think one game against Wyoming, it wasn't last year with Levi Williams, but I think a few years ago they had trouble where a backup quarterback came in and he was a runner. And you see this a lot of times in high school and college football where the backup QB comes in and he's a runner. Uh, Travis Chambers. Yeah, and so it's they, they don't know how to deal with it, and just for the one game, it works because the game plan is ready for it. There's, they can't make adjustments properly, and it just becomes a huge problem. So it's a possibility. As long as Bonner doesn't go out for like three, four, or five games, then Utah State goes three deep in terms of quarterbacks who can potentially win them a game. Uh, so we'll hear the defensive side of how things are progressing. MJ Tafisi, the uh, transfer linebacker from – um, from Washington, and did he make our list, or was he an honorable mention? Which one? MJ Tafisi. Oh, yeah, he was number 12. Yeah, he's, he's up there because he's one of the starting linebackers. So. He's number 12 on our top 25. So uh, he, we'll be hearing from him coming up, his thoughts post-practice today, but how things are moving along for Utah State uh, and their football team getting ready for their season opener against UConn on August 27th. So his interview coming up next. Stick around for that. Also, the player of the week. And uh, some Utah Jazz news as well. So that's coming up in about three and a half minutes. Grantham Mobile Automotive is fast and affordable. It's always nice, especially nowadays. Uh, but the other thing besides that is that he will come to you, whether your vehicle's at your home or if your car's left stranded at work or at your local business, just give him a call and he'll let you know how soon he can get out to you and help you out. He is ASC certified. So he knows what he's doing. 435-229-4345. 435-229-4345. That's Grantham Mobile Automotive. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750-5151. Back to school means back to massive laundry piles. Get a washer that can handle your busy laundry schedule. Head to Daryl's today for a great deal worth your time. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have a GE top load laundry pair with a 4.2 cubic foot capacity tub and a 7.2 cubic foot dryer for only $11.07 for the pair. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Your team's in the locker room ready to get out there and play to win, but you see a player you don't recognize. They're wearing your jersey and even know your coach's name, but who are they? Would you let this stranger look at your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing attacks work. In 2020, the number of phishing attacks against businesses doubled compared to the previous year. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. 
This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL. By a mile. Colin, he can't stay healthy. So let's attack that narrative. He played 15 of 17 games this year. 15 of 17. Plus three playoff games. This is The Herd. With Colin Cowherd. Wow. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM. 1390 AM. The Fan. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, and you. Love to get the texts from you. 435-339-0321. asking, is a mobile quarterback harder for a defense to defend or is a pocket passer better? I mean, if all else equal, a mobile quarterback. Um, Because it just adds more to, you know, how lethal a quarterback can be. Problem is usually all else isn't equal. So it becomes really tricky to, you know, is Lamar Jackson better or is Tom Brady better? And it's like, well, Tom Brady's obviously much better as a passer and leader, but Lamar Jackson can run, he can extend plays. Uh, Patrick Mahomes in a similar way. Obviously not as athletic as Jackson. Um, Kyler Murray, it's like, you know, there's definitely value. Although my thing is that at the end of the day, doesn't matter who you are, you have to be able to, you know, pass from the pocket where if suddenly you were just not able to scramble at all if you were suddenly as athletic as Tom Brady then you'd still be able to perform to to perform as a passer too many P's Um, so if you can do that then you know all the extra running is gravy but you have to be able to down in and down out be able to pass from the pocket right you still have to make the play you have to make, make the pass I should say yeah so you know, that's with Patrick Mahomes. People talk about all these flashy no looks and everything. Well, he's good because he can make those down in, down out plays. And in the Super Bowl against the Bucks, he was actually still making some crazy plays. He dang near completed a pass, throwing it practically upside down. <laughs> but he lost because he kept having to do that. Yeah. And you can't survive off that. You, you know, that makes you better. Ben Roethlisberger was really good at extending plays for his career, but, you know, we kind of forget that because it's been five years since he could do that. Um, he was kind of a bit of Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. So, obviously, coaches obviously like to have the mobile quarterbacks now because they've seen the value, but they also want them to be able to pass from the pocket. That's the criticism of Lamar Jackson right now. Um, things like that where it's like, can he pass from the pocket? He's shown improvements there, and that's really good for him. So Right. And, uh, they... There's always risk with a mobile quarterback, too. Yeah. Greater risk of them getting hurt uh, if they're out, if they're rolling out, or they're trying to scramble. Yeah. And, and I know- so you want to protect your quarterback, keep him in there for longer. But at the same time, if there's that, if there's that threat that your quarterback can scramble for 20 yards, 25 yards at any given moment, that makes it more difficult for a defense to always be aware and on the lookout for the quarterback. If they know you're just a drop back passer, well, they don't need to rush as many guys to go after you because you know you're not going anywhere. They just drop more guys back in coverage. Yeah, it impacts the type of coverages they run because one of their guys they would use for coverage is covering the quarterback. So, it impacts what defenses does and makes them 
less able to cover all parts of the field. Because all coverages tend to have one or two weaknesses, and you're just adding another weakness because suddenly, you know, this linebacker can't go into this spot. He has to spy the quarterback. Very true. Uh, one of the guys who kind of spies the quarterback for Utah State, Ooh. MJ Tafisi. Is that for a transition? There you go. <laughs> Smooth as butter, like the bread and butter play of the game. Hey, there we go. Uh, so yeah, he's transferred from Washington. He's originally from the state of Utah. Uh, what was it, South Jordan or West Jordan? I can't remember. I can't remember. We'll look it up. I've looked it up like once. So Yeah, I'll, we'll verify. But he's from one of the Jordans around the Salt Lake area. Uh, highly recruited out of high school, went to uh, Washington to be a Husky, but now he's transferred back to the state of Utah to be with the Utah State Aggies. I ask him why he made the move and how things might be a little bit different here at Utah State compared to how things were at Washington. MJ Tafisi, this is his first interview. That can't be true. <laughs> I mean, I've had a few interviews, but not a lot. <laughs> Well, uh, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Now you can check it off the list. <laughs> okay, so uh, first I want to just get started out. I mean, you're a guy from the state of Utah, uh, went to Washington. Now you're back to the state of Utah. What's that been like for you just coming back home? Uh, I love it. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is having family nearby. Uh, that was one thing I struggled with when I was at Washington. I was homesick a lot, actually. So I wanted to come back home, and Utah State was – or I was fortunate enough to get uh, an offer after – Entering the portal from uh, Coach Anderson, so yeah. So, uh, what's that like? They've been coming to the scrimmages or being able to be close and come to your games. It's got to be pretty exciting. Uh, it's very exciting. Well, uh, what was the question again? Uh, just to have them close so they can come to your games or come to the scrimmage or be here when you're doing practices. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, family's right there. So, whenever we have a break, I'm actually allowed to go home, and then obviously it makes it easier for them to come and. Uh, visit whenever they want, not just for games and scrimmages, but just to visit, uh, just to see me. You know what I mean? Just to check in on you. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So how how has this camp been different than what you experienced in Washington? Similarities, differences? Well, the biggest difference is running. Re I've never ran so much in my life until really? I came here. Yes. Really? yes. And then also, uh, I did get used to the altitude, but when I first came, big difference from here in Washington. Of course, yeah, you're at sea level. Um, how do you feel like things are progressing just for you, understanding your role with this defense and how you fit in? Uh, I think it's progressing very quickly. Um, I've never been in this, uh, how would you say, I've never had this opportunity before. And knowing that I do have this opportunity to be uh, part of one of the leaders, you could say, uh, makes me feel really great about it. Uh, it makes me feel like I do matter. <laughs> and I want to be a role model for a lot of these young guys. Uh, very cool, very cool. Uh, how do you feel like you know, things are progressing? It seems like on the scrimmages and usually the first part of fall camp, the defense is ahead of the offense. That's pretty normal, pretty standard stuff. But this is an aggressive defense that's putting a lot of pressure on the offense. Uh, what are you seeing just as a whole and how this defensive unit is coming along for Utah State? I think this defense is progressing very quickly. Um, but I think the good thing of, uh, about that is because offense gets to go against us, we have Logan Bonner on the offense. You know, They're always going to get better because of how aggressive we play. You know, 
like as we're growing with one of the top offensive players, they're also growing with one of the best defenses in the country. So you guys get to push them and they're pushing you back. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes it good. Um, really, I guess my last question for you is just, you know, how do you feel like things are getting are coming along as a team to be ready for uh, just about a week and a half? August 27th is coming up pretty fast. Yeah, I, I can say we're ready. We're ready to for that first game. And that's all that, that's all that's in our mind right now. As, as soon as we're done with camp, it's straight to UConn. Well, MJ, thank you. It's excited to have you here back in the state of Utah. Excited to see you in an Aggie uniform and uh, see what you're doing for Utah State. So best of luck. Thank you. Thank you for everything. So there's MJ Tafisi. He said that was his first interview. I don't know if I totally believe him, but he hasn't been interviewed much. Yeah, I feel like he was interviewed at some point. He did great. Yeah, you have to assume he was interviewed at some point just with high school because, you know, when you're a really good high school player, you get interviewed. Even Utah, because we have guys, you know, covering high school football all around the state. Mm-hmm. Then at Washington, I could probably believe him not being interviewed um, as much because deep well, on the depth chart. Yeah, so they probably wouldn't have talked to him. But I guess it's possible. But I mean, he played for Alta High School; it was pretty decent. Or at least they were decent when I was playing football. Maybe they've gone downhill since then. Well, he was good enough to be recruited from a Power 5 program. Yes, yeah, so you'd think, you know, especially if he ends up on, like, an all-state team, sometimes they'll reach out. But don't want to call him a liar, though, because no. I, can, I can imagine it not just not happening, you know, being on defense. True, right. But it was fun talking to him, uh, and that uh, the sense that he's excited for his new role here, an opportunity that he really hasn't had in a long time, probably since he was a high school player, to be considered – Somebody in a position of, of a, of a leader, uh, a starter on defense at a very important position. Uh, it was somebody with a lot of experience, at least you know, practicing and, and developing, and uh, opportunities to make plays on the field. And um, MJ is uh, he's he's filling in that that position really well, helping Utah State develop more of that that depth and, and skill set at that linebacker position. Yeah, which is something you obviously need more than two linebackers. Yeah, yes. Um, so hopefully, and, and I'm hoping he's I hope he's at least as good as AJ. We have MJ and AJ. That's going to be a it's going to be a mouthful to say. So hopefully these two can be close to star level linebackers and hopefully won't need that depth as much. But hopefully you're getting somebody to come spell these guys. Because otherwise they're going to be really tired. Yes. Now, Neves is the other one, uh, the other uh, linebacker. Yeah, he's coming at striker, I think, is what they end up calling it. Mm-hmm. These guys come up with new position names because Green Kane has a position called Alpha, which I imagine is just striker. Or alpha, Wolf. It's like a pseudo-linebacker uh, defensive back probably, which is why in the first scrimmage I tweeted out that Neves was a linebacker, and somebody said, wait, wasn't he playing striker? And I was like, I guess. He looked like he was lining up as a linebacker. That's where he was in the formation. So, maybe. <laughs> and maybe in, like, you know, pack, I don't know where they have the striker if he's a base package and they take him out in nickel or dime. Maybe he could come in on some if he's, you know, spelling them, come in as a linebacker, nickel, dime package. But, again, I don't know how that formation works for them. So, it's a possibility. Um, 9315, I love that he was supersized with all the running. Okay. Exercised? Supersized? Getting exercise? Running? I don't Or excited? Autocorrect is mean to some of these textures. Well, so the 
maybe what he's pointing to is the the difference between Utah State running their fall camp compared to what he did when he was at Washington is the running and the conditioning. And you and I were talking during the interview off air that uh, you know one thing that that Utah State kind of their secret weapon is their conditioning last year. That's why they were able to perform so well in the clutch the last couple of minutes of games and, and come back from being down and win games late is because they were conditioned. Like, they didn't run out of gas. They kept the throttle down, and other teams were were winded. Yeah, they, they get worn down. And, and it helps them in game where, you know, Coach Anderson's talking about how almost every game he's talking about how, oh, we're undersized, and I felt they weren't always as fast as their opponents. Although Anderson, he was actually really proud of his team's speed. But towards the end, okay, if you're bigger, but if you're winded and you can't move, then smaller guys going to end up, you know, he's going to end up with the prize. The not-tired bird gets the worm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, so interesting interviews from uh, practice today uh, as the Utah State fall camp is wrapping up. Just a few more practices left before they officially turn their attention to UConn. Uh, taking the time out here in the Full Court Press, we're going to come back, reveal our player of the week, and then there's some news about the Utah Jazz. Some of it might be new. Some of it may be just retread of old stories. But we'll try to figure out fact from fiction on the other side of this timeout uh, in about three and a half minutes from now. Mountain West Motor, they're on their lot. They have a lot of different trucks and SUVs, but they've all been uniquely customized so you'll be ready for your next adventure. Plus, you'll be equipped with all the right gear, like tractor boards, rooftop tents, racks, outdoor jacks, and more. It's all new. Go check them out at their uh, new location at 615 North Main in Logan or online mwmotor.com. That's Mountain West Motor in Logan. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl that might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. This is Deputy Brad Nelson with the Cache County Sheriff's Office. Schools are back in session throughout the valley, which means kids are going to be out on the roads during the morning and afternoon commutes. Law enforcement will be patrolling school zones where the speed limits are 20 miles per hour. Also, watch out for crosswalks and crossing guards. We're asking citizens to be alert while driving and help us keep kids safe. Thank you. 
Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric France and Jason Walker. So, um, we talked to the players. We've talked about Region 11 football. This week, uh, quickly, just the schedule of games for high school football this Friday. Bear River at home against Clearfield. Skyview's on the road at Wasatch. Put that down in uh, Heber. I think. I looked it up yesterday. I forgot now. I think that's where they're at. So they got to drive. Green Canyon at home against Pleasant Grove, their home opener. Uh, Logan down at Juan Diego. Yep. You're making a bit of a drive down to Draper. Yes, Draper. Uh, Ridgeline also making a drive. They're going to be down at Stansbury. And Mountain Crest, their home opener against Payson. So wishing them all the best of luck. This is an important week. Usually, you know, it's it's kind of cliche, but it's cliche for a reason that that growth and improvement that happens with football teams between week one and week two, it's really big because now you really know what you have to work with as a coaching staff and as players, and that's where you really try to fine-tune that, and then that's kind of who you are. Yeah, you find out what your real weaknesses are, and some of them may be ones you weren't expecting. So, And sometimes maybe you just have a bad first week. Sometimes you play an opponent that you know nothing about because in high school, and this can happen in college too, where you get a new coach maybe. It's like, all right, what system do they run? We have no clue. Right, especially if they have a new coach. Yeah. They've graduated guys. You don't know who if the same talent level is going to be there. Yeah, sometimes you get two teams that have new coaches. I think uh, – I was trying to think of a team last year that in Region 11 that had that. I was going to say Logan, but then I realized Bart Bowen's been there for four years, so I almost made that mistake. Uh, but, you know – um, Viewmont had a new coach, so it was tricky for them. I was talking with him about like, all right, what do you know about Viewmont? He says, well, nothing. 
<laughs> or not very much. That's, those, weren't ex- those weren't his exact words, but he didn't know very much about them. He was trying to watch film of the previous team that coach was with to try and figure out anything. Mm. And it's hard to do that. And so in week two, you have film on the opposing team. You have film on your own team, which is just as important True. to be able to work on. And so there's a huge chance to make those, those improvements. It's like the, uh, the, the graph, like the diminishing returns, where it gets really quick initially, and eventually it tapers off. But initially it's, there can be huge, almost exponential growth until eventually it flattens off. So uh, we'll again run through the schedule later in the week and how you can follow along uh, games that can be watched and listened to whether you're at the game or not. So we'll go through that as we get closer to the weekend. And next week is a really cool event, too. We'll find out more about it tomorrow. But the uh, Rocky Mountain kickoff is back. Really cool opportunity for these high school players to play on a college football field, which is not something everybody gets to do or will get to do. Uh, after their high school career. So that's a really cool opportunity for them to do that. So uh, the event organizer, D. Jones, will be joining us tomorrow and give us a rundown of who's playing and when it's taking place and all that. So stay tuned for that. But let's uh, let's focus on who we think stood out in this last week with our Player of the Week. Time to see who the real MVP is. If you have a good game, your game is going to say that. You, know, you don't have to say it. Puts a lot of cool things in perspective anytime you're the first time doing something. It's the Full Court Press Player of the Week. Let's go! All right, I went last, or I went first last time on the stat. So, Jason, I'll let you take first dibs on Player of the Week. So, I'm going with soccer again. I like going, these Player of the Weeks, I like going with the teams I'm familiar with. Because then I can actually analyze and see if they're actually good or not. This is a player I probably would never have imagined giving a player of the week to because I've been very critical of him, and he's, he's really frustrating. Um, Sergio Cordova of – do you even know who that is? Uh, Real Salt Lake? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's uh, basically their starting um, – we'll call him a forward. That's a uh, striker, whatever you want to call him. Supposedly their number nine, for those of you who understand what that term means. Um, basically their goal scorer is supposed to be, but he's not been very good. Although, this last week they played Seattle. He scored the first goal of the game, and then he had kind of a hockey assist, which in soccer and hockey they count as just an assist. Um, so he had a goal and an assist in a game that RSL won 2-1. to one, was actually competent, which I've criticized him, criticized him as being club-footed, which he kind of is sometimes, but... He did well in this last game, and so he's going to deserve a shout-out from me in this one. Very good. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, I'm going to give my player of the week to Mountain Crest running back Carson Olson. 75 yards, which, okay, it's decent for a high school running back, but he found the end zone four times. That is that is pretty good. That's impressive. Uh, it was. I'll be honest, it was a very close race between giving it to Carson Olsen as an individual or just the entire Mountain Crest defense because they created a lot of turnovers which provided short fields for Carson to do damage for the Mustangs. But uh, really great showing for Mountain Crest in their uh, opener uh, with a new head coach. Really exciting to see that era get underway on the right foot for them. So exciting to see what happened. But yeah, Carson Olsen definitely played a big role in their success on the road down in southern Utah last week. 
Yeah, probably one of the few players who had really good offensive performances among the Region 11 teams. Uh, hopefully we'll see some more offense next week. Yes, fingers the, crossed. Viewmont had a guy who ran for like 200 yards against Logan, so, but I wasn't going to make him play. <laughs> yeah, we, I tend to be biased towards the guys we like to cover. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that's our player of the week. If you've got somebody who you think should be recognized for what they did um, in the, over the past week with their accomplishments in uh, in sports, we'd love to hear about it. 435-339-0321. Coming up next on the Full Court Press, uh, some new rumors about um, Utah Jazz. Uh, so we'll see what's f- trying to separate fact from fiction, what's new and what's just old news. Uh, that's coming up next on the Full Court Press. But if you want to weigh in, love to hear from me on our text line as well. 435-339-0321. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us. Or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally. Now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. My name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from ChemDrive Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, ChemDrive of Northern Utah. ChemDrive of Northern Utah. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. By the way, best of luck to everybody doing all the back-to-school stuff. School getting underway this week. I'm excited to get routines kind of back to normal in my house, but it's also kind of depressing, I'll be honest. It's kind of fun being able to hang out, watch movies late with my kids, do stuff, but now they have to go to bed early. Yeah, it's a bittersweet thing. And for the kids, it's bittersweet too because bitter because schools, you know, they don't always like school, but they do get to see a lot of people again. Yeah, well, for some of my kids, like, they have not seen their friends very, but very rarely during the summer, and they get to see them every day coming yeah. up here soon. A uh, couple texts real quick before we get to Utah Jazz Talk, 2603. Who comes out of the region in boys football this year based off of week one? If I'm basing it solely off of week one, probably Skyview. Yeah, I would agree. Because um, Ridgeline and Green Canyon now present too many questions on offense. For me to feel comfortable about them. Uh, if you want to have a really hot take, just say Mountain Crest because I think they have the best point differential. But uh, we'll have to right. wait. They got, they got to prove it a little bit more. Right. That's Yes, they did some nice things, but Hurricane also caused, inflicted a lot of their own problems. Yeah. So, But, yeah, Skyview looked really good in week one. Give them credit. So some things in the, in the news about the Utah Jazz. Some things worth noting could be, you know, uh, fact that's happening, and then others, eh, I don't know if, what to really believe. But one is regarding Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
we now seem to know. Now, the Jazz official season release will be tomorrow, but there's leaks about when the Jazz and Minnesota Timberwolves will face each other. Yeah, and these leaks are usually pretty much accurate. There's, uh, they're coming from credible guys, so no reason to disbelieve this, and if it is false, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, but it was by, so when Minnesota comes to play Utah, they'll first play in Minnesota. The first game between the Jazz and Timberwolves will be in Minnesota on October 21st, really early in the season. Early, Probably that might be one of the first games because usually be they like start like mid, o- yeah. Yeah, mid to late October, so it might be one of the first games of the season. Um, but then Rudy Gobert's return to Utah will be December 9th. Ooh. So early December game, you know, still first half of the season. They'll play four times because they're in the same division, I believe. So they'll have a right. There'll be another time when he'll be here. Yeah. So they'll there'll be two home games, two away games. So plenty of time for the Jazz to face Rudy Gobert. But obviously, those two are the anticipated ones. The first time they play at all, and then the first time that he is back. In, uh, I just went through like three of the stadium names: Delta Center, Energy <laughs> Solutions. Is it Vivint now? You'd think I'd know this. The Viv. Uh, on, by the way, uh, we saw news that Quinn Snyder was selling his Salt Lake area home. It's like $12.5 million. I guess there's news today that Joe Ingles is selling his home about $3.5 million. Bit of a disparity there. It's pocket change. $3 million home. I mean, Quinn was here for a lot longer than than Joe. and uh, Quinn was on, uh, or Joe was on kind of a, a cheap contract until a little bit later in his tenure with Utah Jazz. But that's not the, the other news that's kind of out there. You don't want to talk about the real estate market? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see what's on Zillow. Um, there is news, again, surfacing rumors, resurfacing, about Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz, and the New York Knicks. Yeah, so Shams tweets out at, uh, oh, what time did he tweet this? Well, he had a story, so like around lunchtime, noon, at least around here, uh, basically says that the Knicks and Jazz are... Well, what's the word he used? Reengaging or reengaged in trade talks centered on Donovan Mitchell. Sources told him and Tony Jones because that's how they always tweeted with the Jazz. It's always Shams and Tony Jones. And Tony Jones. Because they're in a group chat apparently with their sources. So, I mean, I've seen some people that have said they just took a break, not so much disengaged as they both wanted to go on vacation. You know, these rich owners and GMs wanted to go take a two-week vacation on their yachts. Right. It's time for time off. We're going to take yeah. our time off. So it's like, we don't want to talk. We'll we'll get back to this. Because you go into the story, and they say they're still far apart on what they're wanting to give or give up or whatnot. Um, and there's nothing imminent, supposedly. It's just, oh, they talked again. That's really the crux of the story is they talked again late last week. So... News? Question mark? Probably not, but nicks for clicks. <laughs> that's that's what it that's is at this point. Is. That's what it is. Nicks for clicks. I like that. Yeah, I, didn't, you know I what? didn't come up with that. I can't take credit for that. I, it, either make the deal or just call it off and say, look, Donovan, you're our guy. We, The only way we would trade you is if there was this crazy offer, and we have to... Consider if someone's going to give us a crazy offer. But after all that's been going on the last month, I mean, you, you might as well trade him because how is he going to come back and have much trust in the system and what the front office is doing? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough. It's tricky. And 
But like I said, I'm I'm kind of with you where it's just get it done or don't do it. I'm kind of my interest is waning. <laughs> uh, hey, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Uh, be back tomorrow here at 106.9 The Fan.